0: Well, hello everybody. It's Stefan from a comedy advice podcast coming in
1: hot.
0: I am pumped. I I know. Is this the third episode, Stefan, that you've released this week? Yep, it is. And guess what? I've got plenty more. I'm like Grandma Satani. Just, manja, manja, more episode. And you're like, no, no, Grandma Satani. I'm very full. I can't have another episode inside of me. And I'm like, no, no. You make a grandma very sad. So I'm guilting you into listening to one more episode. And then you're going to listen to another. It doesn't matter if you're full. You have to learn to say I'm full way in advance. So you should have said it a long time ago. But anyway. This extra scoop of an episode is with a very special guest. His name is Eric Bernal, and he's a comic right here in Phoenix. He's rising to the top. his creme is just floating up to the brim I don't know if that's the right sound effect, but hey, my sound effect guy is out today so he he's just I had a great talk with him. he's only been in comedy for about fourteen months, but he's already opened featured. And he is headlining. So, great guy. I saw him live, too. Just a treat of a comic. I laughed. I chuckled. I chortled. uh, All of the laughing. My body vibrated from his speech. So, we talk a little bit about his comedy. How he made it so far in such little time. And, you know, it's just like a well-balanced episode. You got your storytelling You've got some chuckles, you've got some serious stuff, and then the advice to round it all off. So I'm really happy to present yet another episode. So manja, manja, but before you manja, I want you guys to just know, I am so thankful for all of you. You're beautiful people, thank you for listening, even though you're full, if you guys want to be able to just take some time to digest the episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. I'm almost up to 200. You guys can help me get there. Please, subscribe, leave reviews, tell your friends, tell your grandmas. Grandmas love each other. So, If they they listen and they love to eat episodes, podcast episodes, yum, yum, yum. So let them know. Let everybody know. I think this is like the fifth time I've told you guys to tell your grandma. So if you haven't told your grandmas yet, Please tell your grandmas. What else are they doing? It's COVID, man. They can't be outside. Tell them to be safe. And you know what? There are so many grandmas that are stubborn. They're like, no, I I need my social interaction. So, And all grandmas have Italian accents, obviously. So tell them, look, grandma, listen to this podcast, and then we can talk about it over Zoom. I've spent so much time telling you what to tell your grandma. I'll leave it to you to find the exact words. But you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys also want, I've got my Patreon page. It's got ad-free content. It's got bonus episodes for as little as $2 a month. All of that can be yours. I have, uh, and it will help me hire a reliable sound guy that can help me come up with appropriate sounds for creme rising to the top of a metaphorical bowl. So, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Whatever you do, thank you. I will not be, just FYI, will not be responding or posting probably next week on social. I will be going on a fishing trip with my pops, with Papa Satani. So I will be catching, spearing fish, catching them with my bare hands, shooting them with rifles. I don't know how to fish, obviously, but fish will be gathered And I will gut them and hang their head on spikes to show the other fish, don't fuck with me. Um, So I think I might have a lot to learn as far as (laughs) the fishing experience, but I'm excited. Excited to spend some quality time with Pops. And he's going to teach me how to track down and find a fish. Maybe the whole fish family. And then we're going to eat it, I think. I don't know. I don't know what you do with the fish. You wear their bones. Can you do things with their bones? To show... Maybe I'll come home to my wife with like a fish necklace. A fish bone necklace. Or like a fish head hat. Like a boo in Aladdin. It'll just be a little fish head on the on the top. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, you guys, love you. Hope you guys have a great week. And you are appreciated. You are loved. I'm sending it out. Do you want to do a quick meditation real quick? Just like a quick breath. All right, close your eyes, deep breath, and anchor your breath to the present moment and your breathing and think, okay, ready? A comedy advice podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard. And exhale. I'm going to leave a review as soon as I finish listening to the podcast or maybe while I'm listening to the podcast because it's so good. A Comedy Advice Podcast! An advice podcast for deaf and-, and friends! An exaggerated statement, not meant to be taken literally. What's up, Stefan? A uh, Comedy Advice Podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Comedy Advice Podcast. My name is Stefan Satani, and I'm your host. Joining me today, a very special guest, comedian straight here from Phoenix, Eric Bernal! Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah! What's up, everybody? Oh,
0: sorry i'm a little dusty on the woo woo but you know enthusiasm is here it's great to have you eric how you doing today
1: i'm doing great thanks for having me
0: dude you you look good i look like a homeless man that just found a gap you look like you're (laughs) all ready set you look more like the host than i do so (laughs) not even Oh, man. But anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about you because I found out about you seeing a show, Jess Rizzo's um, Comics Unleashed at House of Comedy. Yeah. Saw you, did an awesome job. Thank you. And I was like, wow, this guy, he must have been doing it for like five, six, seven, eight, nine years. I don't know. And then I was—I uh, asked you to come on the pod, did some research. And I found out you've been doing comedy for a little under one year. So
1: Yeah. It's like 14 months. Like. Dude. Not that long at all, like officially, I would say.
0: Wow. Well, first off, congratulations, because I've been seeing on your Instagram that you have all these shows lined up. One mm-hmm. tomorrow at Stand Up Live, um, yep. but was going to say, how how did the magic happen? How did you get into stand up? What made you take the plunge?
1: No, I mean, it goes back to like high school, like Class Clown, I won that. I've always I was really quick on my feet with everything when, even when it comes to like roasting our friends and stuff. But then yeah. um, I had a friend of mine um, who's actually a two time Emmy award winning director out, out from Arizona too. And he had called me like at one in the morning. And he was like, Hey, I'm watching this Netflix special. Uh, this comedian. I was like, Oh, okay. It's really yeah. random. He goes, yeah, you're better than him. I was like, I've, you've never seen me on stage. I've never been on stage to perform. And he goes, nah, you're better. You need to go. You need to try. You're, you're really good at this. And sometimes it's Damn. like one of those things where someone like, can see it more than you can, you know? So went up to actually stand-up live, did one of the new faces, did a little five-minute set. And my support was, like, really big. I think I brought, like, like 50 people. And Shit. And, yeah, I mean, it was the first time he ever doing it. I didn't have my cadence down, delivery. Actually, I got, I didn't know where the light was. They they ran me off the stage with music, you know, so, Damn. like, I, didn't, I, I was very new to the game. Yeah. But ever since then, I, like, I loved it. I loved the feeling. And then I would go to these other open mics, you know, you know how it is, perform for three people sometimes or yep. perform for just the other comics that are waiting to just, you know, work out their new material. And then, really just like started getting real focused because I noticed that uh, I would ask other comedians how this would work, right? And they would just be like, hey, you'll probably be an open micro for a few years. And then, you know, you might be an opener and after the year one, maybe, maybe year two, might be a feature and then, you know, headlining, like, I don't know about all that, but that's kind of like, depending on how good you are. And I just didn't accept that rule. You know, I was just like, nah, I feel like if I put enough work into my craft, if it's honestly funny and it's good, then it deserves to kind of not skip over that part, but just have it be a little more, I guess, escalated. It gets an escalated to, you know, it, and that's only if you're ready for it, you know, and, you know, and that's what I've been doing just nonstop.
0: Yeah. I, I remember a commencement speech from author Neil Gaiman, and he was saying, when you're starting out, you don't know the rules and that's great Because knowing what can and can't be done allows you to be able to do what a lot of people think can't be done. And so I I have heard that a lot where people are like, oh, you can open after like a year, feature after two, Mm. after like eight years, you can be a headliner. And if if you have those rules solidified in your head, then you're going to kind of work at that pace. And if you don't, (laughs) then you can set yourself up so that you can be doing shows opening featuring headlining way sooner Mm -hmm. so i think that's really awesome that you have the i mean i it also takes talent and and a lot of grind and of course so i think those are some other ingredients in the bernal recipe for success (laughs) but um yeah i was gonna ask too you've been in arizona for nine years i also you were saying class clown when you were growing up Quick at mm-hmm. snapbacks. I heard on a podcast too that you, at like fourteen years old, you and your brother, you guys would go to like pool halls, and so yeah, you would be yeah. exposed to like older people that would be roasting. Yeah. And wow, and you did your stuff. research.
1: Shit. <laughs> yeah, my brother. Shout out to my brother Vinny. Um, when I was fourteen, he was twenty-seven, so it was a thirteen-year gap. Damn. And he'd bring me. He'd bring me to the Bronx, and he'd bring me to pool halls, and they had no mercy because i was 14 years old and i remember leaving a lot of those situations where i, I with my head down maybe tearing up because they got me good um yeah. yeah but as time went by i got really good at at the snapbacks and then they were just like i ah, don't fuck with eric man like you know like, <laughs> I, I, and i would it got to the point where i think i would even prep myself i would look at the guy i'm like look at what he's wearing just in case he gets at me you know or does something you know does he have a chipped tooth like something something and uh it just had me on on defense at all times but yeah my my brother really man he'd take me out like if i was 21 with him i was 14 and uh, i mean as long as i got home around like 10 p.m my mom was kind of cool with it on a saturday night but just being 14 in that environment like definitely changed things
0: That's so interesting and it's one of the things that happened to me too. I grew up in Arizona and then Mm -hmm. I spent some time in New York. I lived there for about eight years, seven years and even like walking on the street you bump into somebody that might say some shit to you. I had some remarks banked in my head or if I looked at people I'd be like okay what can I say if they accidentally bump shoulders with me because conflict happens at like all times and people it rarely gets to physical, but you gotta say something or else you're gonna look like oh, yeah. a, a loser. So <laughs> I of had course, to yeah. I had to prepare some of that stuff too. But it's it's interesting because I feel like People from the East Coast, New York, they've they've got that quick wit that's just been chiseled from those types of encounters like, like you, and it seems like you've developed that and um, have become a quick-witted person, especially on stage. I saw it, too, at House of Comedy, so that's awesome. Yeah,
1: like, and it's so funny. When I went on stage at House of Comedy, I was exhausted. I was really tired. Um, I had spent the day before out in about... Then uh, I even had a few drinks out and about before then. <laughs> then had to go home, shower. Co- you know, I was kind of out of it, but yeah. I can see the environment, I can see what people are laughing about, what they're not, and I can kind of adjust accordingly. And right. sometimes I'm riffing and sometimes I'll remember literally in the middle of, of the set, like, oh shit, I haven't tried this out. Let me move, let me move to it, you know? Damn. Damn.
0: Well, it was really good, man. I, I remember there was an elderly gentleman in the first <laughs> row and yeah. you, you had some fun with him for like the first five or ten minutes. And I always mm-hmm. feel like stand-ups, the crowd work is something that I'm jealous of and something that I really respect comedians that are able to do that, especially right <laughs> no. out the gate. There are some that are that are able to do that that are pretty well established, but I feel like it's just such a risk where you don't know what you're saying it could make it a really weird thing and it could screw up your whole set, but people, it it happened to you, you did it and you succeeded. And so everybody was laughing and I feel like the reward is great too. And people that are courageous enough to do it and are quick enough to be able Mm -hmm. to to be successful at it, do a really good job.
1: So I used to never do it. it. Really? I used to never do crowd work uh, for like the first, six, seven months. or so like half of the time I've been doing this. Yeah. And then I was, I saw a, a special with Andrew Schultz where he did a special of just crowd work. Holy he just God. did crowd work for the whole set. And I was like, he's quick with it. He's, he has a way of identifying with pretty much anyone, you know, gender, race, religion, like it doesn't matter. And I, and I feel like I'm kind of good at that too. So I was like, you know what? I need to stop, you know, cause then it, because I feel like if you don't do crowd work, it just looks very staged, you know? It kind of just looks like a show that, that the crowd is looking like a, at a TV screen, something that was already yeah. going to be known was going to be said. But, you know, you go in there, you look, kind of see, you dissect. Maybe it's a minute of your set. Maybe it's five, ten minutes of your set. And it kind of goes by that. And then the only tricky part is getting back to where you were talking about or having it come right. back.
0: Right. God, I remember, man, I saw Amir K. He was on, I think, the rebooted version of Mad TV. And he's a uh, regular at the comedy store, I think, in in L.A. Dude, the dude is just hilarious and he's just all improv or a lot of improv. And it's just it's insane to see how funny people can be where he was saying the same thing. I interviewed him on the podcast and he was just like, I feel like it's just so staged when I do my bits and stuff like that. I like to feel alive a little bit. And go out Yeah, there and at least take stuff.
1: something that's current.
0: Right, right, something. exactly,
1: exactly. So that's awesome, man. I was going to
0: ask, how much material have you written in the 14 months that you've been doing stand-up?
1: Yeah. So it's funny. So I, like, I know like, my other comedian friends out here from the Valley, they're always like, you always have new sets, yeah. always have new sets. And that's not because, like, it, it became, like, a grind because I would have my friends come a lot. I would have, I mean, I, I have my people come for me, you know, like they definitely support me and I feel like the least I can do is give them new material. So it started off just me being like, Hey, let me give them new material. But then what ended up happening was I got all this arsenal now that I can kind of go to. So, um, you know, I'm doing a headlining show upstate up North and they haven't heard any of it. I have solid quality stuff. Yeah. I mean, 45 minutes, an hour. Like I got, I got where I can do it. Yeah. I just got to, got to formulate it, you know, probably have uh and I have so many more sh- just ideas I haven't even touched on that. I need to, you know, now that the open mics are back up now, I'm able to go do that. But I know like I have my buddies and I love them to death and they'll, you know, they've been working on that same 10, 15 minutes, you know, for the last year. And I, and I, and I respect that grind because. They have it down packed. Like when they say it, it's just so good. Um, on my hand, like I try to do the same, but I have so many people that come out to see me. I feel like, so my one friend, it's funny, she said it as a joke. She had to come to two shows back to back. Obviously, she saw kind of like the same set. And she goes, I'd love to go to another show, but can you do something? Can you come up with new material? And it hurt me, even though... She doesn't know that in a comedian's world, like a comedian will say the same hour for two years, you know, like it's the same material, maybe adjust it here and there. So when I, it kind of put the fire under me and I was like, you know what? You're right. Let me do it. Why not? Just because other comedians don't do it or don't try. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just going to get better as, as time goes by. But yeah, <sighs> a lot of, a lot of new material. Cause I just. I just don't want to let my my friends down, I guess, in a sense. But it makes me better at the same time.
0: No, it's true. Moral of the story is things that you say can be hurtful sometimes. <laughs> it's It's so interesting that I don't know if it's people don't understand or what, like you said, where comedians can be working on the same material for a year, two years, sometimes three years. And then I've had the same thing happen when I've done stand-up or when others have done stand-up that people I've brought to shows, they're like, oh, I like that dude, but he does the same material every time. It's like, yeah, he's kind of working on it, but they don't get you that, don't and they don't it. care. <laughs> so it's just like, we want new, they don't. we want fresh.
1: They're like, it's like uh, I had a I did a feature spot, and it was like 21 minutes long, right? Yeah. And and we had it recorded, so I have it just in case Like I want to post maybe snippets, like the one... Like I posted uh, about Tiger King, like that was from that set. <laughs> I posted that Tiger King set because I feel like it's a little dated now. I can kind of release it. It's fine. I'm, yeah. I only I've only said that set once. That that Tiger King joke. Once and it'll probably be dead right there and then. But I loved it. Um, that was good. It was really good. Yeah. He's like what I say. I was like he's a uh, he's gay, right? But he kind of looks like a homophobe. <laughs> yeah. Like looks like he'd like, be a hundred percent against that. <laughs> yeah. He's a hundred percent against that movement but like little things like that and so i recorded it and i have i had like friends that were like oh you haven't recorded like we'll send it to me and i'm like no (laughs) like you you gotta come experience this set in person like my friends from new york or or cali or florida or texas they're like oh just send it to me i'm like it's it's you don't get it I, i i couldn't do that and they're like what you're you wouldn't send i'm like it's hard to explain because it's like, I want you to experience it in person. Cause I do at one point want to perform in front of my friends that live around the country and I don't want them to be kind of like, Oh, I've heard this song before. Right. Right. You know? So,
0: yeah, it's so tough too, because it's like the, the initial surprise is, is like that real magic moment. And I think if it's in a live setting, even mm-hmm. better, if you just hear it in your own room or in your bed when you're about to go to bed or something, it's, you could be like, huh, that's
1: funny. but It'll rob you. It'll, yeah. ro- it'll rob them. It robs them. And I, I tell them, I, I'm doing it for you. I'm not even doing it for me. I'd love to tell you jokes I'm working on and stuff. But like, I can tell you a joke that Dave Chappelle said, right? Yeah. Now, you can go to his show. and He can tell you himself, and you're going to love that I never repeated the joke to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like, it's, it's just meant for that atmosphere. That's why I don't, you know, when there's like comedic critics, like comedy critics or like for stand-up especially it's like, how could you be a critic? The critics are right in front of you. They tell you in real time, whether they like it or not in real time, it's uh, right there. Yeah. And, pe- and you, and you can, and as a comedian, you can tell the laughs are very, Uh uh-huh like mm. like they're for sympathy exactly
0: yeah i know that's a hundred percent true there's no more authentic judgment than or critique than at a comedy show because people aren't gonna fake laugh maybe there'll be one Mm -mm. but
1: a little a little claps might feel bad for you maybe you maybe then you're like crashing and burning that's funny you know yeah yeah, you can be able to switch around. You know, you could be like, oh, you know, in my head that was kind of funny. <laughs> you yeah, guys, uh, you guys proved me wrong, but yeah, I I mean, there's some shit that doesn't land for me. It def, def but it's okay. You can't let that shit get to you. You got to go to the next joke.
0: I was gonna ask, are you a full time comedian right now?
1: No, so it's funny because like people don't even know like my nine five, like I have I do finance and I work from home. So that is what finances the dream, I guess you could say. Um, but it has allowed me to meet a lot of people. And through that, and I also do like creative stuff. Like my friend who shot a music video, like he had me as like just a creative down there, just like setting up scenes and stuff. Like I love doing those type of things. I love kind of seeing, like having some type of vision and be like, hey, this would work or this wouldn't work. Um, so I've done stuff like that. Um, I, I used to, I write like speeches. I don't used to, I still do it. I write speech. I, before all this, I was a spoken word artist. I used to do spoken word poetry in college. Damn. Um, I used to Damn. perform. I used to compete. So it was wild because like you have to be up there for four to five minutes, no piece of paper, kind of on a rhythm hitting it. You have to touch people's like, uh, you know, you know, their their the soft spot of their heart, make them cry a little bit. And, um, and it's all theatrical, right? So I think that's what helped me with comedy. Well, that helped me with comedy because I was able to be like, I've been on stage, like I've been able to like command the, you know, the audience, I, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see how that's applicable. Wow. Yeah. I was yeah. wondering what you did. Cause uh, after we've been Instagram friends, I see your stories and everything yeah. just living the life of a Saudi prince. I just see drinks <laughs> and parties.
1: Yo, it's so funny you say that. This has always been me. This is not like, oh, he's a comedian now and he's yeah. co-headlining a stand-up. As in a dude, I just always have enjoyed myself. I've always been the friend. Like today, I've gotten like eleven texts. Hey, what's the Halloween plans? You know, like nice. I've always been the person that, hey, we hang out, we go out, have a I, I'm very social, so I make a lot of friends in that way, and I've known a lot of people in the industry, like in Old Town, and. Um, and they support me which is cool because they have influence too. Um, nice. so it's all come like full circle cuz that's the that's the, that's the rough thing about being a comedian sometimes when you need time on the mic is getting people to come. You know, when you when you bring a when it's a bringer yeah. uh, situation um, that's something I've been blessed with that my friends fully support me. I mean even when I remember I had a set it was just like to me it was garbage. It was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, I was so shit that shit it usually kills you know you think about a joke that usually kills yeah and you do it in front of your friends and they're just like hey man it's all good yeah hey, it takes balls to go up there man I'm, that's really cool that you even do that so yeah i, I like the party i was on another podcast uh last week and they did a little research on me and they were just like looking at your instagram stories it's kind of like you're a douchebag, but you're humble about it. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, it's so accurate. That's so accurate. Cause I, it's not that I'm a douchebag. It's like, I like hanging out. So it, perception is sometimes it's people's reality. So I'm just out and I like having a fun time. I like hanging out. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm hundred percent grateful for everything in my life. So, yeah. um, you know, coming from New York, you know, section eight housing, it's it's a dream to be going to places and people you you know um, being able to get on stage and kind of like share shit that used to probably make you cry at one point um, and have it touch people like where it's so relatable that hey let's all laugh about it together. True.
0: I mean, I don't get the douchebag vibes. I get the like YOLO vibes, but I also yeah uh, for sure. I I heard on another podcast too how uh, you were just. I really liked this, too, how you were just saying, like, you know what? I mean, I I feel like you were able to bring so many people to your shows because you give. It's not just like, hey, 100%. we haven't talked in two years. You want to come to my show? It's like, hey, yeah, we are hanging out today. Can you come out to my show or whoever? It seems like you hang out with a lot of people. You yeah. have some good friendships. And it seems like your mom really raised you with the values of being a good person
1: and a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to act really, you know. Yeah. Um Yeah. I think yeah. I said this in another podcast, you know, like she said, you know, I, I'm I, she's like, I'm not a man. I she's a single mom of five kids. She's like, I'm not a man, you know, I can't teach you how to be a man, but I can sure teach you how I wish a man could be. Yeah. And that really changed things. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was still you know, a little a little jerk as a teenager and, and, and did things that we all are. Yeah. You know they, they didn't treat the girlfriends as good as they as they should have been treated, but you learn. And the thing is like my mom was always there to be like, All right, did you learn from that? All right, so let's move forward, let's be better. Always say thank you, all these things, and always ask people how you can help them at the same time. Cause that's how you win. You win. And I think just in life, uh, it may sound corny or something. But I really believe in helping everyone that I can at any point. Like, what do you need? Like, what is your business? Do you sell candy? Well, I know people that buy candy. Let me hit them up. Let me get you five customers. That's on you to make them repeat customers. And that's yeah. it. You know, like I help all these businesses, all my friends who have small business, shout out to, to, uh, <laughs> Scottsdale um that hooked me up but show I would ask my first thing is like yeah absolutely can I follow you on Instagram though like can I can I be your friend can what business do you do how do we help you thank you for coming to support me how do we help you nice
0: by the way the internet got just a little bit choppy as you were saying shout out to so Uh,
1: shout out to Dentist of Scottsdale
0: Oh, nice.
1: Okay. All right.
0: I wanted to make sure that the shout out got validated. So, yeah.
1: absolutely. Thank we're you. We're good.
0: All right, man. Well, it was great to get to know you, talk a little bit about you. I wanted to nice. ask, we're going to get into this self help section. But before we mm-hmm. get into it, is there anything you have going on, what you'd like to plug, where people can find you?
1: Yeah. So, on, on Instagram, it's um, Eric Bernal Comedy on Instagram. Uh, it's kind of how I. Book everything through there. There's Eric Bernal comedy at Gmail for booking. But typically through my Instagram is how I do everything I have. I'm headlining at Prescott Comedy Club on November 6th. Got two shows. I think it's like a 7 and a 9 o'clock show. And they're going to throw a little after party, I guess, at the bar across the street. I've actually never been there. Um, should be pretty interesting being that the show's after the election. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I, 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 Yeah. I got material for both but um uh yeah I mean then my shit is relatable my my stuff is not really about politics it, I I kind of bullshit about it sometimes but right. um, it's nothing that where I'm like taking a stand and looking for applause and shit cuz I think that's corny but more, my stuff is yeah. more about everyday life growing up with an immigrant mom you know dating how shitty it is how great it is you know all of the above but I have that I have House of Comedy November 4th I have JP's Comedy Club November 12th, and then I'm performing at the City Vodka launch party on the 14th on a Saturday. And then I think I have something else, but it's not confirmed. But yeah, I mean, anyone who sees this that wants to go, hit me up on the DM. I would love to figure out how we can get you there.
0: Nice, nice. I'll also have wherever there are links, I'll put them in the show notes so people can just click on the oh no, uh, links to buy tickets too. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you, Eric. Now, we got to live up to the self-help, the advice part of the podcast, so we're going to get advice some The advice part of the
1: podcast. All right.
0: Yes. And so, before we hop into the questions, I like to make sure that we're nice and centered and inspired with an inspirational quote. So before I get into the inspirational quote that I found on the weird parts of the internet, I want to Mm -hmm. ask, and I usually ask my guests if they have any inspirational quotes that help get them through their days.
1: Um, I read this book by David Goggins, right? Like two years ago. And there was like this line. I was not necessarily a quote, but he said, uh, no one's coming here to save you, you know? And that, you can translate that and everything. He goes like, hey, your relationship is not good. No one's coming here to save you but yourself. You know, a lot Damn. of us, we, we look for someone to, we think that something is just going to come out of nowhere and fix our relationship, fix our, maybe our body image or fix uh, whatever it is going on, your aspirations. But the reality is no one's coming here to save you. So yeah. I like that one because it hit hard. And I just, I take that into comedy a lot too. So I'm like, I can't be mad that's that. that that set didn't work out. That was me. That was on me. That was on no one else.
0: Yeah. I. Th- there was something similar that I had heard that was like, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you feel about it. And you, and you mm-hmm. are technically responsible for everything that happens Absolutely. to you. So Absolutely. It's, a, it's all about perspective, really. And, and to your point, that was a beautiful quote that I feel like illustrated that. So well done. Appreciate That's it. That's awesome, Eric. So I have a, this is actually a pretty shameful quote compared to that, but this is a <laughs> quote not by a person. This is actually by a robot. And by a it's robot. called Inspirobot. And so what its main function is, is to take some of the wisest words known to man and then use AI to just mash them together for That's a really beautiful, inspirational quotes. So we'll try and see if we can figure out what it means. Try and be the. Okay. Inspirebot interpreters. So this week Inspirebot says, Ladybugs have very few real friends. Ooh. Okay. Did they did Deep. the quote? Right, I kind of feel
1: that way too. Ladybugs have very few real friends. Right. And you, would th- and you would think that they have a bunch because to be around them is to be lucky, right? And how unlucky they are to have very few friends that they can actually trust. That's how I dissected that.
0: Oh, shit. That is, okay. I can kind of see that. Maybe it's like a Paris Hilton is, is similar to a ladybug <laughs> where everybody feels lucky to be around her, but then yeah. once she's alone, like she can't really rely on Ted that just met her no. for the first time that's been a huge fan. She can rely on like maybe her little teacup dog, exactly,
1: and because everyone like, knows the ladybug, you know what I mean. Ladybug doesn't know. Ladybug doesn't know everyone else. I get that. That's a good reference. Paris yeah. Hilton. It's true. It's yeah. really true with any of those celebrities. How could they really meet new friends? Yeah, and they're really like the, trust them.
0: Fuck, dude. So it, they're like the ladybugs. I just f- imagined myself as the dirty cockroach that's trying to get up <laughs> on the ladybug, yeah. being like, hey, I know you, trying to take a little selfie. But <laughs> I, I, maybe maybe there's like a more more beautiful, no, ladybugs are the most beautiful. There's like a caterpillar, yeah. cat- maybe I could be a caterpillar in that, Cater- I don't know if I'm yeah, I think a ladybug
1: right. would be friends with a caterpillar. Yeah. Caterpillar oh, is actually a crazy, crazy animal when you really think about it.
0: It is true. And you know what? I feel like I identify the most with a caterpillar because I'm in my transformation stage. I don't know if I'll ever get to butterfly, but I enjoy being a caterpillar. Maybe there's like some inspirational quote that
1: can be from that. (laughs) There there probably definitely is.
0: (laughs) Enjoy (laughs) being the caterpillar because it, you know what? You'll transform into a butterfly someday. But yeah. enjoy that time because you're going to look back at it and be like, you know what? When I was a caterpillar, I could just chill on the ground. I could eat. It's like all you can leaf buffet. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. butterfly, you just got to be looking out. You're so beautiful. Everyone wants to be next to you. Just like the ladybug.
1: There are, um, there are the positive and negative to both for sure.
0: All right. Pros and cons. Okay. Well, thank you for helping dissect. I feel like we're inspired <laughs> now, Eric. Yeah, so we're yeah gonna- I'm
1: super inspired.
0: awesome we're gonna answer some questions this first one it's from reddit and it's found by our fan sam thank you sam so it says how do i get more motivation to play games competitively i'm just a 15 year old kid that lost all his motivation to play competitive Fortnite, but i want all that motivation that i had before to come back what should i do hmm so eric it sounds like with the lifestyle that you lead which is I would classify it as badass
1: is okay. there time for video games do you video game you know it's funny you bring up video games a girl I was seeing right before we stopped seeing each other her ex was a a gamer right a gamer and I was like oh so like how many like how much would he play and he's like oh like I'm 6 8 hours a day oh does he get paid for it no and I was like why would you waste your goddamn time doing it that much for how many years you're going to outside, the real simulation? So if this kid really wants to be better at Fortnite, go outside, uh, you know, fool yourself maybe. And then if that – here's the one of two things they're going to have. The one, you're going to realize that life outside is a lot better. Or two, maybe life isn't better outside for you and maybe living this fictitious life inside the game is better because that does exist too, you know, uh, not as social, right? Or nerds or whatever it is. Like these people who like paint their hair blue and shit, like these people and don't cut their nails. These people maybe need Fortnite to live this alternate life because when they die in the game, people really feel for them. If they were to die in real life, I'm not saying that people wouldn't feel for them, but it's like that life is even better. So I see both sides of it, but kid, you're 15 years old. Get your dick wet a little bit, go outside. Um, you might like that a little more. I mean, that's yes. my really good uh, advice.
0: First off, I, w- I just want to laud you on being able to look at all the perspectives and seeing, mm-hmm. hey, the pros and cons of, okay, you could be a, a gamer and invest because maybe life is better in yeah. there than here. Yeah. Um, and then there are also the pros of being able to dip your PP in the palate of puss. Um, all the different shades so i think that that's also a plus i feel like i haven't played video games in like i don't know eight years since i've been married practically and it's been such i did play i don't think i ever played like six to eight hours a day maybe there was like the back when i was in high school we'd get our friends together and we'd play Mm -hmm. and eat doritos and drink mountain dew and yeah but
1: that's because girls weren't you know what I'm mean? like. Here's the thing: I used to play FIFA tournaments when I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah, I, I'm not 21 years old, 22 in my 20s. When there's a bar full of respectable young ladies, first of all, you right? Want to call them respectable, right. respectable, educated, um, yes. and they can buy their own things and they pay their own bills or whatnot. But I want to go over there and talk to them and buy them a drink rather than fucking uh, be expert level at Madden. These these are things that. That don't really matter to me that much um yeah. but hey there but there's a thing there's girls who are gamers you may be able to link up with a girl that's a gamer and just like fucking press pause and and fool around and you know get back into it but the whole gamer yeah. thing i don't think it's for me to understand which is fine uh but if you're making a lot of money go ahead and do it because guess what as a dude when you got money the other things follow too
0: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If this guy's making money, he needs mm-hmm. to get motivated to go back out. Take a break. Like, take a, a week break. Go out into life. Absolutely. Get some fresh air. Try and talk to a girl. Oh, no, you're 15 yeah. years old. Well, still try to talk to a girl. Don't go to a hey. bar, but, like, go to school. Yeah.
1: Have a conversation. Tell her that I my go-to line when I was 15 was, like, what's your name? Wow, it's a real pretty name. It was really it was simple. So oh, solid that's, though, it it always got a oh that's thank you. It's beautiful. Yeah, it doesn't even matter if it's an ugly name. You just lie, Bertha. Yeah. That's a
0: beautiful name. Bertha, love it. I
1: never heard a more gorgeous name in my life. Are you <laughs> sitting with anyone during lunch? You know
0: what I mean. <laughs> oh Bertha, that's like the rose of names. God, jeez, just beautiful. Yeah,
1: Little Birdie. Oof.
0: But but anyway, I feel like we've given some solid advice here. So we'll absolutely. Move
1: on move on I've, move on to the next one.
0: All right, perfect. <laughs> this next one, this is actually a new segment. This is a brand new. You're the first one I'm trying this I'm on.
1: Excited, I'm excited. I'm
0: excited. It is name pending. Right now I'm calling it spin class because there's so much negativity in the world. I feel mm-hmm. like we need to train our minds instead of when we see bad things happen, just like the taking responsibility and you're the only one that can fend for yourself. Correct. We want to we think positively about things. So mm-hmm. trying to do that. I've created this segment called Spin Class where we're going to put a spin, a positive spin, on bad things. All right? Okay. So, as my guest, I'm going to present you some scenarios. You've got a friend. um, What's Tim? Tim, is that a good friend name? No. Dude, you you live a a lifestyle where you have friends with like, I don't know. Their name is Blaze. (laughs) Blaze, yes. Blaze. Fucking, yeah, Blaze. Okay, so you've got a friend named Blaze. But... He, I don't know if he got like bit by a radioactive spider or he drank way too much coffee and it messed up the neurons that are transmitting from his brain to his body. He's starting to do some weird Mm -hmm. stuff. So he has some characteristics, but you're used to like Blaze. The fire for Blaze is strong. So you want to make sure and defend him when people are like, whoa, this stuff's weird. So the first thing that he's doing, he's wearing too much cologne now. Oof. Yeah. So, people are like, hmm, too much cologne. How do we put a positive spin on that? What's how can we say Blaze is uh, smelling no. just the right amount of fresh?
1: He smells like perfume mania, which is better than BO mania, which is nice. Good. Um, Good. You don't need a car air freshener when he's in there. You just go <laughs> down the windows and let that shit air out. Um, You know, let me just tell you, having a stinky friend is worse than having a smelling, too smelling good friend. I've had a stinky friend before where he didn't know that he stunk in high school. It wasn't a good look. He's a good looking kid, Uh uh smart, uh, athletic, and it was even worse because he was athletic. So he was extra sweaty and shit. Um, And even with all those good things, being smelly really sucked. Didn't want a hug from him. Girls didn't want to sit next to him. It was awful to have in the car um uh, but yeah i think look if you look at the opposite of being smelling too good i mean where don't get me wrong he walked into a room you fucking covered like, the fuck smells <laughs> a spray for breeze in my face no i get that too but the alternative is way worse me and stinky that's a no-go we can't pick up any girls like that
0: oh hell no hell no god no. all right well this is a good positive spin one for okay yeah. blaze is in a good position so far mm-hmm. so uh, the second thing, now what he's doing, he's starting to park way too close to the line in the parking lot. So he's like – his tires are right on that white line, right okay, to the so point he's a, where he's almost scratching the other car. And it's on right, so your a, side.
1: Oh, so he's a jerk. He's a yeah. jerk, Parker. <laughs> yeah. He's a jerk, Parker. You know, I don't know if there's a positive spin to that. I really hate that when people do that. Hey, I hate when people take two spaces – I don't like it when people try to rob you of your space, as a parking space, right. not a spiritual space. But that too, yeah, that's, the that's on the bullshit. Line. Yeah. Yeah. But. I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know. Positive spent? I don't know. I don't know. All right. All um, right. Maybe he is making room
0: for, he's being considerate on the other side. And so yeah, he's just a- forgetting.
1: That's um, right. There's a there's an older lady, elderly, big Buick from back in the day. that needs to be wide open, and she he doesn't want to inconvenience her. Yeah,
0: I right. think that's it. That's, that's right. Probably it. Maybe that's he also it. wants to distance his very very strong smell of Calvin Klein from the others too. So he's giving a little bit of CK one. C- oh, CK1 <laughs> for the blazes of the world. All right.
1: For the blazes of the world.
0: We're doing good. Okay. We've got the last one. So, Blaze, he does that. He parks too close to the line, wears too much cologne. He also finishes yeah. a food item and he puts the container back in the fridge.
1: Okay. Maybe it, he it's recycles. getting harder and
0: harder, isn't it?
1: Maybe he recycles, maybe putting these things away so he can collect them together and then oh. put in the recycling chute because typically that shit is made out of cardboard right uh or some that's sort true. of even recyclable right and then he, he was a recycling kid dirty kid but recycling it's weird that he's dirty and also clean but he's a dirty clean kid that that's does true all maybe
0: he maybe maybe he's dirty but he covers it up with so much cologne he doesn't Uh, take showers but he masks with axe body spray he's like you know what two hours in the gym nothing about a bottle of axe won't fix
1: axe body spray smells like like a locker room in high school you know like that's what i think of axe body spray. it just smells like either a winning or losing season in school like i used to do i used to wrestle in high school And not really good at it, but hey, I did it. It was cool. But it was a smelly place, you know? Everyone smelly, everyone sweating. Yeah. And then everyone would just throw axe at the end and go, like, get a pizza. Yeah, it was disgusting. That was the weirdest.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I wrestled for a little bit too in high school. And that was the weirdest, same experience, smell combination where it was like pure sweat. And then I think bleach. Because they would bleach the mats to be able to make sure that yes. we don't get like MRSA ring, ring and ringworm and, ring yeah. and, and all that mm-hmm. shit. And then the wrestlers, it'd be like a two-hour practice. They'd be drenched and they'd be like, all right, guys, let's go to town. Axe body spray. Yeah, you just
1: spray, spray it. You just, yeah, you, you, people will smell you and be confused. dude. Like, yeah.
0: And it doesn't even – Axe doesn't even smell
1: good. I no, it go doesn't. Ahead. Good yeah. marketing, though. Yeah,
0: great marketing.
1: Great. Double marketing. pits to chesty. Remember <laughs> that commercial? Right. The double pits the chesty. It <laughs> made you want to do it. It made you want to. It was great. I got it. Dude, I was
0: du- I was double pitting and chesting all the time. Oh, yeah. After that, that was that so was catchy. Callid. Great marketing on that. That's true. <laughs> great. All right. Well, I think Blaze is in a pretty good position. I think you positively mm-hmm. spun it. So shout out to Blaze. Awesome. Shout you out to Blaze. Team. I really hope you have a friend named Blaze. Do you? I'm about to make one today. All right. Good. Nice. Nice. All right, Eric. Before we go, we have one last question that we'll answer, sure. and then we'll uh, we'll end this thing. But it's from Reddit. It says, "Should I go on a date?" Hey guys. So three weeks back, I asked out my best friend, and she said yes, and we kissed, and wow, it was absolutely magical. Like I am hmm. so head over heels for her that it isn't even funny. But like, okay. we also fell in love in the midst of COVID. The school hockey team, which her brother was on, had an outbreak of COVID, and her brother was sick, but he was feeling better and tested negative for COVID yesterday. They share a car, and we'd probably drive somewhere to get coffee and hopefully make out. That being said, is that necessarily safe? I really, really want to go, but I'm a horny teenager who is crazy over their first GF, Mm -hmm. and that's probably overriding my better sense of judgment. Mm
1: -hmm. Sorry, that was a lot. Okay, First of all, calm down. Let's just calm down. <laughs> Let's relax. Let's fucking calm down. Okay. All in right. Deep breath. Just fucking just relax about this girl that it won't work out. Chances are. I'm glad you're enthusiastic. Forever is, is a lie. And the soul, uh, what a, a soul connection is also 50 50 in this world. A lot of people will die alone. And with that being said, kiss her, you know, fucking kiss her. Do everything you can. Um, Kids are less likely to, uh, you know, be hurt by this uh, COVID-19. So go all the way for it Uh, because chances are you'll get it fucking at Thanksgiving by your aunt Eileen while she's telling you why the president that she wanted to pick didn't win and explaining to you why the world's ending by 2021. So if you're going to get it by a super spreader, like your aunt, you might as well get it from your girlfriend who's hot that you're fucking falling in love for bro
0: i no truer words have ever been said i feel like if you're gonna go down go down in the most badass way exactly
1: yeah you don't want to get it over like you know your grandpa's racist like thoughts you know of him spitting this stuff into you and then he's like giving you COVID at the same time you don't want look get with her do it if you get it you were gonna get it anyways. Consider it fate. Right. And that's it. That's
0: all. And well, first um, of
1: all, calm down.
0: <laughs> yeah, cal- calm them. He was very excited. Very wow. excited about this. Too excited. I th- I quote. Absolutely magical was this experience. Jesus, this guy. bro. Oh, this
1: y- guys, this guy's in for a fucking ride. Let me tell you. This girl is gonna play him. He's gonna. She's gonna go eat pizza with somebody else. And uh he's gonna dedicate songs and it's never gonna be the same. They're gonna have pictures together, you know, writing their name in the sand or whatever the hell these kids do. Dude. Or um <clears throat> I don't know what these kids do actually. I really they are gonna watch a video of a kid opening a fucking gift or some shit and consider <laughs> it like their special moment. I don't know. I don't know what these people do, but I can just tell you that it's always worth to risk it. Just do it. Fuck it. Just do it. You're gonna get it at Thanksgiving. I think everyone's going to get in Thanksgiving. That's like my personal thought of everything because people don't care. They're going to come see each other during the holidays and that's where everyone's getting it.
0: Yeah. I-, I think you're right. Shit, man.
1: Is there a way that he can be safe about <laughs> Can
0: he like, can he like wear a mask while making out with her?
1: Do you like know, a mask out? I have this joke that I'm working on where I've already said where it's like the mask is like the new panties, right? Where it's like you, you want to take her hers off and she's like, are you safe? Are you? you know are you healthy and then you're like yeah believe me girl and you pull down like that's the new panties it's the panties for the face for women so when you kiss a girl now you got, that's the new g-string thong coming right off dude, and, mm, right into her orifice
0: that's so true
1: oh i don't want to do it
0: i got tested yesterday trust me i'm clean clean as a whistle here exactly well dude yeah I don't know. You, you'll be, you'll probably, this is the best advice I usually get. You'll probably be fine. Probably that way. There's no liability on me. If you go ahead and do it, but at the same time, I mean, you're going to thank us. You're going to thank us. Do it. All right. Well, good. I'm glad that we're inspiring the world here. Calm down. Calm down.
1: Calm down. Number one. Yeah. Calm the fuck down.
0: Breathe. Dude, whatever, whatever happens with this girl, you, you're you not going to get married to her. So I, you need no. to take the magic out of this. You need to be like, this is just another responsible mm-hmm. young woman. Yes. A responsible young lady. I will have our fun, and then we will part ways eventually over, yeah. like, fucking maybe Blaze will intervene.
1: Yeah, Blaze will come through Bro. and take her to the mall. And he's not even gonna. He, you're gonna
0: park right next to him, and you're not even gonna be able to get out because he's gonna be on that line. And you're gonna be like, "Damn he's it, laugh at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you'll. Yeah, and you know what? When he's out of sight, he'll be in the senses. You'll smell him, and you're like, "Yeah, he's close." Every
1: time, yeah, exactly. And you're so funny about cologne, like or like just scent. You'll smell and you'll think about a time. You'll think about a memory.
0: That's right. And every time the you Detroit smell secret it, K1, love spell. <laughs> yeah you'll be like That's damn true. it blaze the one that that got away and oh, this kid he well. should just
1: go for it yeah do it
0: do it dude all right well we've reached the end of our podcast so we well, will say goodbye b- b- dude i was just about to say eric it has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on it's been a lot absolutely. of absolutely I wanted to ask you one more time, since people need to hear it twice or more, where can people find you? What have you got going on? What have you got to plug? Let it rip.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Eric Bernal Comedy on Instagram, Comedy at gmail.com for bookings, or if you want to send a nude. Absolutely, that works too. (laughs) Um, And then I'm performing at Stand Up Live tomorrow. Well, I don't know when this will be out, but October 28th. I'm headlining at um, Prescott Comedy Club on the 6th. Uh, let me take a step back. House of Comedy on the fourth of November, and JP's Comedy Club on the twelfth of November.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. I will, I will let you know because I'm tr- I'm gonna try to get this out by tomorrow. I usually sure. it's like two weeks or so to get out, mm-hmm. but um, I'll try to get it out tomorrow for your show. That'd but be dope. Anyway, Eric, it was an absolute blast, and uh, I will. Be seeing you very soon so hopefully come uh, to the show
1: tomorrow i got yeah. you
0: awesome i unfortunately cannot make it to the show tomorrow but i oh, will be so at the good. next one you go to sounds so. good awesome man uh well thank you very much eric and we'll talk to you soon
1: talk to you it's been a pleasure
0: all right later man